egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, welcome on in everybody to the Saturday Night Network for week number eight patron feedback show. Should learn how to say the name by now. It's been <laughs> once in, but uh, yeah, the patron feedback show is back to wrap up the week, the Steve and Marty week. It's hard to believe, you know, this has been like such a fun week. I've been waiting for a while to get to talk about Steve and Marty. And then we had a great hot take show, an awesome roundtable. Bill and Mike were just crazy good on the By the Number show last night, in case you missed it, just breaking things down. Uh, I really enjoyed that one when I got to check it out last night. And then today, of course, we are here to answer questions from you guys, you the listeners who send us questions every single week. I always appreciate that. And we're going to talk about the Steve and Marty episode, what people are saying about it, and go through different stuff. And and look forward to this next week, our Christmas week, with host Austin Butler and music, musical guest Lizzo. So very excited about all of that coming up and with two patrons that we haven't heard from this season, but they both were able to join us last season. So happy to get to catch up with them, get their thoughts on the season and answer your questions. So first, uh, let me bring in Ben Lamb joining us all the way from the other side of the world. Ben, how are you? John, I'm I'm very good. It's always a pleasure to chat with you about uh, SNL in this festive time. It's always a, a good uh, era for the show this December month. And Alex, it'll be great to chat with you about uh, SNL for the first time. And yeah, just really excited to chat today. Should be a good for episode, sure. hopefully. I love getting to talk to you, Ben. I just love it when, like, you know, I get to talk to so many Americans and Canadians about the show, but like, never people down south about, um, I guess that's what we call it uh, <laughs> in Australia and stuff like that, just about how people feel about the show. So it's really cool. Like, I'm excited to get into it. And then, of course, uh, without further ado, uh, my man Alex Roger is here. And Alex just recently had a vocal surgery, uh, but he is doing great. He's on the road to recovery and he is so excited to podcast with us today. So, Alex, I'm so excited to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yes, for sure. Very pumped to get to hear your thoughts on the show today. So looking forward to all of that. Ben, I'm going to start with you, though. I want to know. So eight episodes into the show. We've had a lot of season 48 content. How are you feeling about this season so far? Well, to be uh, to give a cliche, and so I've been really, really enjoying it. It's been some really uh, strong episodes. Of course, there have been weak moments here and there throughout but I've been really enjoying it I felt like this new era as a lot of people have been calling it has sort of allowed the a few different cast members to really shine like obviously we've been I know we'll get into this later on I'm sure but we're seeing Sarah shining a lot which is so good to see and I feel like last year she would wasn't really able to because of a lot of the older cast still being there um but yeah this year with a smaller sort of cast and uh less uh more new members coming in it's really been a great time to see these younger people shine and especially uh last week's episode as well i really enjoyed it's always good when classic hosts come back and who can complain about steve martin and martin short it's just no matter what content they're given it's always going to be a strong episode and i feel like it was a really good episode to sort of continue us through this december season and there's something really festive feeling about steve martin and martin short i'm not sure what i mean by that but there's something so joyous about them and i feel like it's really really has put me in a good mood for this snl season so far that is true very festive very fun do you have any fond memories of steve martin or martin short on snl ben that you remember of just enjoying getting to see them on the show oh well maybe not memories because i only came on to the show maybe a couple of years ago but in the last few years i've gone back and watched marty short season and he's just such an iconic performer i probably have to say his synchronized swimming sketch with uh, harry shearer that's probably my favorite memory of either of them on snl that's just such a an amazing sketch and still is so funny all these years on and i've gone back to that so many times since i first saw it a couple of years ago now and that would have to be my favorite moment yeah i would say like besides eddie murphy's stuff this is an interesting question for our fan community besides all of eddie murphy's recurring characters is synchronized swimming the sketch that has permeated the Ebersol era the most from a period of time that SNL doesn't like to, you know, recognize very much those years in the early eighties. Is that the sketch that's sort of like been replayed the most or put into specials or whatever it is? Um, I wonder. So that's something that I think people, you know, obviously Martin Schwartz in it, they connected. Um, something to think about. 
But of course, uh, Alex, you know, would love to know from you. Have you gotten a chance to check out all the episodes this season? How are you feeling about season 48 from what you've seen? Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I had a conversation with a friend at the beginning of the season who was a little nervous about uh, all the changes and all the new cast. And one of the things I said to him is just let Lauren be Lauren. Trust him to do the show. And I feel like that's really come to fruition. Um, I am a huge fan of Sarah, so I've been really happy to see her shine. I got to see her live last season at the Selena Gomez episode, and that was really cool. So I fell in love with her. So getting to see her do so much this season has been really cool. For sure. And how can you not love Sarah? I mean, with everything that she's producing. So even even this week where she didn't necessarily have like the huge moment that maybe we saw in like Kiki Palmer or some of the other episodes this season, but she was all over this episode. So I I just like, you know, it's been a while since there's been a new cast member. Don't get me wrong. I really like some of the rookies and some of the younger players, but it's been a while since there's been a new cast member that I personally have found. I am so excited to see what they're going to do on the next episode. Like that mm-hmm. hasn't happened to me. I don't know. I can't think of the last cast member in modern times where I've really felt that way. So that's exciting. This is like a breath of fresh air. And um, I think, I think the like people in the industry know it. I think the show knows it. I think they know they like stumbled onto something really special with mm-hmm. Sarah and they're just figuring out how to get her brand of humor on the show in a way that works for SNL. So Ben, you must be impressed. Yeah, and that's a really good point you're making. And I feel like also week in week after week, she's bringing such different content. Of course, it all comes from the same space, but it's just such different content, which I find it not getting old at all. Like each week, as you said, you're wanting to see what she'll bring to the show because you know it'll be different. It'll still be in that classic Sarah um, voice that we've come to love, but it'll be something new and fresh. And even like last week, I know the uh, Christmas story episode as sketch sorry she was so good in that and of course that's her type of humor i i don't know if she wrote it. i don't think she did but that's sort of again we're seeing something that's sort of her brand of humor but a bit different which yeah i agree 100 percent. it's so exciting to see and makes you excited to see what she'll bring to the show in years to come for sure and also thanks for Monette in the chat who pointed out the Ed Grimley character that Marty Short does that sort of like permeated the culture too. But also Ed Grimley was done before Saturday Night Live. So I wonder if like that's the reason it carries over after as well. But single sketch synchronized swimming is something I'm thinking about a lot just because I saw SNL, I saw their, you know, their social media accounts posted last week. And I was like, oh, wow, posting a, I guess they have no choice, you know, like they have to post <laughs> something from Marty. So anyways, I thought that was interesting. All right, Ben, Alex, you guys want to get into the questions that we got from this week? Yeah, sounds good. All right, let's do it. Let's start with this question from our friend and fellow patron, Fred Akansu. Fred wants to know, does the show care as much about how many times people have hosted like we do? So I did ask Fred. I wanted to clarify like exactly what he meant by this. And, and I think he was trying to ask basically, you know, like we're so focused on the statistics and the big moments and all that stuff. And then you see in the monologue this week, Steve Martin hosting 16 times, Marty Short hosting three times. Like, does the show care about it as much as we do? And I think I have a really strong answer for this. But Ben, I want your opinion first. What Do you, do you think the show cares as much as the fans? Um, I think they do care in certain elements, maybe not as much as all we do and look at it in such detail. But I think they definitely see sort of re- reactions to certain hosts and things. And then that is what leads them to invite them back and what eventually makes... Um, like five timers clubs all the hosts that are in that obviously have gotten such great receptions from audiences in the past and the only reason that that would be the case is because they care if we like certain hosts or not but in terms of maybe numbers of hosting i really don't think they do and they wouldn't really oh but again then as you said the monologue did it's, it's an interesting one okay yeah i'm lost it's a tough question yeah Alex, do you have an opinion on this? Yeah. Um, obviously, I think it's fun to have people come back on repeat, but I think a lot of it has to do with who meshes and who kind of fits with the cast and fits with the cast every time. I mean, you can also look at it like some of the prodigies of Lauren, like Tina Fey, uh, 
uh, Will Ferrell, they also work with the same people over time, over and over again. So I think a lot of it has to do with what works and what doesn't work. And when you find something that clicks, it's really you know important to have that thrive. Yeah, that's for sure. I think that's a really good angle to look at it specifically when it comes to hosts that come back. Like, obviously, if you know, you want to work with the people that are clicking on the show. So you see that with like Mulaney is the great modern example of somebody that they're going to bring back every single season. But specifically about the statistics portion of things, this was a huge question for me when we started SNL stats back in the day, which was like, okay, this is the way we watch the show. Does the show actually care about the way that we watch the show, at least this segment of the fandom? And I think the answer is clearly yes. And sometimes I think maybe they don't want to admit it fully. And I know I have some, you know, some friends of the show, uh, some people who currently work at SNL have tuned into a lot of our podcasts and maybe listening today. So they might be laughing while they're <laughs> listening to this. But I think that they genuinely very much care about statistics and they don't want to admit it. Look, a great example was the 1500 Keenan sketch thing, which was, you know, a thing, you know, we've been counting all the sketches, keeping track. Obviously, that was made to be a very big deal. When that happened, the show celebrated it. It was all around the news articles, you know, milestones are something that's important. And, you know, they brought it up in the monologue today. But my my real like point with this is like, the only reason the fandom started to care about this stuff in the first place is because this is the way the show was at the beginnings of the show. It was very meta very like self-referential you know they would play the cast would play versions of themselves all the time they would make references to their stereotypes or archetypes of each of the cast members and they would talk a lot about this in the beginnings it was a lot of like oh wow buck henry you know when is buck henry going to come in to host again he's going to host every finale because that's what buck henry does and then it was like you know there was this thing at the 15th anniversary about you know who hosted more steve martin or buck henry then this happens with Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin all throughout their history and going back and forth. Then Tom Hanks with the Five Timers Club, one of the most famous sketches in the history of the show. So, you know, do I think the, sh the show cares about this stuff? More than they want to admit. I think that this is, you know, what's made the magic of SNL for years and years to come is that they have th the history of the show is what makes the show so great. So, like, I don't think if SNL started tomorrow, you know, from scratch, it would be as great because it doesn't have this 50-year history with it. So that's just my opinion. All right, let's take this next question that comes in from Amanda Brower or at datmandado on Instagram. Thanks, Amanda. Wants to know, why do you think they decided not to have Steve and Marty host for the Christmas episode? So we have Austin Butler coming up this week, but we got Steve and Marty last week. So was that weird to you, Ben? Why do you think that is? Yeah, it was a bit uh, weird. Uh, I feel like they, as I mentioned before, there's something really festive feeling about them, the amount of joy that they bring off. Um, and I, I don't know why. I assume it's just because of a scheduling thing. I'm sure they were offered the the Christmas episode, but either turned it down or couldn't make it or something um but i feel like even still having it so close to christmas you're able to get a lot of christmasy vibes from the episode anyway which is just as important if, if i feel and i feel like over the years as well it's all the best christmas sketches aren't always the last episode they always happen throughout december so it doesn't really um impact it i feel i feel like austin butler will still put on a great episode um but yeah, to answer the question, I feel like it just might have been a scheduling thing. I'm sure they were 100% offered, especially in this uh, new sort of era. It would have been a great way to break up the first half of the season with such a good episode. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Alex, what do you think? I agree. There was probably uh, scheduling, probably their families. Um, I also think that you can count on them doing something pretty large for the Christmas Episode cameo wise, uh, Tom Hanks, maybe I don't know, is Austin Butler, but uh, you know, I just I don't I don't read too much into that one, yeah. So I think we won't know, you know, how we really feel about which episode should have been which until after we see the Austin Butler episode. Because if like there's a ton of cameos this week, like maybe we wouldn't have wanted that in the Steve and Marty episode to take away from them, you know, maybe we mm -hmm. wanted to get more Steve and more Marty in episode eight versus episode nine, when you typically would see, um, you know, a lot of your cameos. Now, I think that the real answer here is scheduling conflicts. 
I have heard, I guess I could talk about this now. So I had heard in probably the end of October that Steve and Marty were going to be hosting in the fall. And I heard that they were supposed to host sometime in November. So I was expecting that when we got the news about Schumer and then Chappelle back like around that time, I was under the assumption that one of those shows would have been Steve and Marty. And then I found out that it was going to be December instead of November. So I think this is something that they were just trying to find the right week to fit them in. That's probably the real answer. Just for fun, I'll throw out a conspiracy theory answer, which is that uh, last year, Paul Rudd's episode got canceled because of Omicron. Maybe just, you know, with the winter, people getting sick, maybe they're like, oh, if we had to cancel an episode, Austin Butler seems reasonable. We don't want to ruin the Stephen Marty episode, so let's leave it for a week before. So there's always that to consider as well, but that's just pure conspiracy theory. No, that makes sense. That could easily be the case. That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's take this next question from Jeremy Boulard. He sends in questions every week. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy wants to know, it sort of felt like Steve Martin needed Martin Short there in order to be able to host due to age. Are there any older hosts out there that should be considered to return if they have a co-host with them to help? This is an interesting perspective. So basically, Jeremy's theory is that the only way Steve was going to host would have been with Marty, because at this point, Steve is like too old, I guess, to be able to handle it on his own. But the age difference isn't that that different, though, I guess, like energy wise, Marty's like a 20 year old. Um, so I guess, Ben, what's your perspective on this? Do you think that that is what happened? And are there any examples of some older hosts? Maybe you'd want to come in and maybe they need that chaperone with them to co-host. I felt like that was 100% the case in this uh, last episode, that Steve Martin, of course, he's still amazing and one of the best, if not the best of all time. Um, I feel like that he has definitely lost a bit of energy over the years. And Martin Short, as you said, he's got energy of a 20-year-old. He can keep going for, for hours. Um, but I feel like that even still, because there were such separate sketches throughout the night, Steve was able to hold his own on a lot of it as well. So conversely, I feel like either of them could hold the episode solo and it's still been one of the most one of the best of all time um and in terms of any other host that could come and have a co-host um i was thinking about this before i don't really think there's any at the moment that would be sort of um on snl's horizons to host that would need a co-host but i do like the idea of a co-host coming in and sort of helping out those that mightn't be as comfortable with the whole hosting thing and anchoring sketches and stuff um like, of course, over the years, we've seen so many episodes where the um, the hosts maybe aren't the best and aren't able to sort of have many uh, one-liners or any, like, punchlines or anything. And they might need a co-host to come in and sort of help them in certain areas. So I think looking at it in that sense of the whole idea of co-host, I really like to see that continue and that be a, a thing um, in coming years. Even, like, comedic partners, like a, a pair that are in a movie um, – like Adam Sandler and all his friends or something like one of them to come in and host alongside Adam. Cause if you think of someone like David Spade or Rob Schneider or something, they mightn't be big enough nowadays to host on their own. So maybe you have Adam Sandler and then one of them to host. That's what I'm sort of thinking about in this uh, sort of question. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I see that Alex, what about you? Any good examples of some older hosts that maybe you'd want to see come in and what do you think of this question? Yeah, I had a few thoughts. Um, okay. First one is, uh, I don't want to be too ageist here. I, I think I'm 23, and I think Marty could beat me on a keg stand any day. Um, you know, uh, I would say Ant-Man's coming up with Bill Murray in it, playing Kyler, and uh, having Paul Rudd and Bill Murray, or even, in that case, trying to get Dan Aykroyd to make a cameo appearance would be something really interesting. Yeah, that that's a good one. I think, you know, when I first saw this question, guys, I was like, oh man, like, I don't think they would do it on their, their own, but like, could you get Jane Curtin and Lorraine Newman, speaking of original cast, to do it together? I think yes. that would work. And I think maybe... That's something that like they should really push for in season 50. Just like how cool is that? Like they got like Tina and Amy back in 41. Like 
how cool would that be to like put that together and like maybe like the casual really really casual watchers would be like who are these people but i just like that that is like pure fan service to just like have them come back and host together and get like you know jane to do an update or whatever like that would just be so much fun that would be my dream to have the original cast come back even if it was just as a cameo for you know one minute on screen having all of them back together would be amazing yeah yeah that would be really cool okay next question from our friend ike moore ike wants to know how about this for a hosting duo? Speaking of uh, what we were just talking about, David Spade and Dana Carvey. And uh, yeah, got to give credit to David and Dana on Fly on the Wall this week. They did a really great two-part podcast on the uh, passing of Chris Farley, 25 years. So um, they had a lot of special guests on that, a lot of former cast members. So definitely check that out. Um, Dana would do most of the sketch heavy lifting. Hey, Spade, uh, small Spade would handle the monologue, says uh, says Ike. So Ike already plans out this episode, how this, the Dana and Dave episode would look. But uh, Ben, would you like to see that? I don't think for a few years I, I would, wouldn't like to see it because I feel like even listening to the podcast in the last few uh, months, it seems like they, they obviously have a chemistry and they're obviously good friends, but I feel like they're still stepping over each other a little bit and that's not even on, on a comedic front like when you chuck in i know they were on snl together back in the day but i feel like it wouldn't be uh, an even episode of, of course as ike mentions there dana would be such a integral figure for so many of the sketches where david would be um sort of playing second fiddle like he mentions he did so many times um during his uh, tenure uh oh yeah i wouldn't like to see it for a few years once the sort of podcast hopefully it keeps going once it's sort of uh, well and truly established and they've gotten a, a sense of how they both fit into the mold then i would really like to see it and sort of making sure that like the steve and marty's episode that they do have their each separate um sort of major moments in their uh features so it is a bit of an even episode because of course if you chuck dana and david in an episode you know that the eye's always going to go to dana because he plays such amazing and energetic characters um but yeah, so I think in definitely in a few years, maybe in season 50 as well, I'd definitely, it'd be a cool thing to see. Alex, what do you think of that? Dana and Dave coming in, hosting double, double duty. Uh, not double duty, uh, double host. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. I have a few thoughts also that one, uh, I'm very hesitant to open the door for podcasters to host based on podcasts. I don't want to see like Joe... Well, no, you'd be perfect, John. But I don't want to see like Joe Rogan just show up just because he has a podcast, that kind of thing. I'd want it to be relevant. Um, you know, uh, I think um, this, it does beg a question, what brings the relevancy of a host to the show and what can we kind of expect for a host to be doing for them to be the right fit for that week for the show? So I don't, you know, I thought their, I think their podcast is really good, but I don't know that it's doing anything so uh, in particular right now that it needs to be brought on the show just to get uh, recognition. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fair. I could see that, but, uh, you know. But I'd love to see you host, John. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. Yeah, would be, that would be fun. Uh, so maybe sometime down the road, uh, maybe I'll be the next Miss Gell Spillman. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know what, like a lot of people like to uh, rag on Fly on the Wall for certain uh, aspects of their interviewing. And it's all in good fun because I think that they do an incredible job over there. And our friends at Cadence 13, uh, they just like produce that show like really fantastic. So um, and obviously getting like huge gets and other former cast members. So it's a really wonderful show and you know alex i slightly disagree like i do think like they have enough notoriety you know it, you know people have hosted for much less than being you know having like one of the top podcasts in the world um you know there's been like people who are just like have like a real like they own like a really good company <laughs> or whatever it is and like or a really successful company maybe is a better uh way to say that and then they're brought in so like yeah i guess like notoriety in good or bad is subjective so uh, I wouldn't hate it if this was the reason that they brought back two former cast members. Like, I feel like there's a few boxes that are checked there. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next question from Curly Joe. Curly Joe wants to know, Dave Buckman, 
said in our roundtable this week that happened on Monday night. If you missed that show, uh, he said there needs to be an alpha male in the cast since you don't have any alpha male cast who can pull that off like biker roles. Is there a male cast issue and could someone uh, fit in that role to fix it? So this is a fascinating question because um, hard to believe 48 years into it, we're actually asking the question, does SNL need more alpha males or, you know, like the straight white male role in sketches? But it's sort of interesting to think about, I guess, like with our current male cast. I mean, let me... Let me read our, our male cast that we have on the show right now. So um, Mikey Day, Bowen Yang, Andrew Dismukes, Keenan Thompson. We obviously have Che and Jost, but they don't regularly do sketches. And then feature players, J.A.J., Marcelo Hernandez, uh, Michael Longfellow, and then Tevin Walker. So it's an interesting question. Like, is there an alpha male to be able to play in some of these roles? Or are the current male cast, um, you know, so niche like so specific to their brands that they don't fit in like the vanilla box of what you would typically need and i think what basically what dave was trying to say if i understand this correctly is that we're missing like a macho man like the jason sudeikis of the world that can come in and like be like the angry yelling father in a typical sketch and like that it's believable and I think he means like, you know, that that is a an important archetype in sketch comedy. So and I, and I do see that. Ben, what do you think about all this? OK, uh, I was thinking about it in a different way. But now that you sort of uh, clarify, it does make sense. I was thinking about it in the in terms of like you think of someone like uh, J.A.J., he doesn't sort of look like Trump or look like Biden, but he's able to get made up with makeup and prosthetics and he does a great job like obviously the snl team do a, such a great job in transforming these uh character uh, these cast members into certain characters i feel like easily mikey day or even jaj could get made up to be an alpha male like, i feel like it wouldn't be a problem and i feel like because they are so especially james that he's such a mammoth performer and can have fill in so many holes you put him in a biker costume and chuck some fake tattooed on his face or something and put a mullet on him. I feel like he'd really be able to do it well. Um, yeah. And it, I don't think there is a, a male cast issue because of course there are still so many male cast members and yeah. And I don't think that especially also recently, I feel like the writing has been going in a different area where that sort of character isn't needed anymore. And it's also always good for writers to have so many different options when it comes to uh, writing sketches like they've had for so many years. But of course, cutting down the cast and maybe not having so many options does bring out different writing, which I feel like is what we've seen a lot in the uh, last few episodes. I agree with that. I mean, I like what Eric said in the chat here where he said, uh, Eric Otting said, how about a male with gravitas? I think that's like a good term to put it. And Manette also says there's no dad character. So it's an interesting, uh, you know, as, a, as opposed to saying alpha or macho or whatever they need. But Alex, do you think SNL is missing something here? Um, I have two thoughts. One, I think give Michael Longfellow a little bit of time I'd like to see what they do with him on the show. Um, two, again, let Lauren be Lauren. I trust the direction that he's taken the show for 48 seasons. I think he wouldn't put something on the air that couldn't be uh, you know, worked through. So uh, I would give the cast time to grow. It's a new cast. I think that's coming. Yeah, I think Longfellow is like a really good example of somebody that's like, we just don't know yet. I don't think we've seen enough versatility from him in the sketches to really know like what type of characters he could play. So he's certainly an option to fit that role. I was thinking about this question a lot and I know Dave brought it up on Monday. So I've had a few days to sort of think it over. And I think it's, you know, I, I think maybe part of the problem here is like, does the cast look too young? Like, not that they are too young, because I like having a younger cast that you could sort of like grow up with and they could be on the show for a long time. But like, is it just like, do we just have like a lot of like baby face assassins in the cast right now? Like Andrew Dismukes, like he just, you know, he doesn't have that like, you know, scruff 
and you know michael longfellow doesn't look like like you know this like they're they're men but like they don't look like these just like maybe the way that they might look in like 10 years from now and i wonder if that's like the same thing is like they're all like fully shaved and stuff like that a lot of times and i just don't know if anybody just like looks older ben what do you think of that that's an interesting uh thing and i have a question for you on that in that case what do you feel like the who do you feel like the last cast member was that did feel a bit older and did fit that mold in your opinion so i feel like so it's interesting i I feel like um alex moffat could pull that off i don't think that they put him in all those roles all the time like i think it's the roles we wanted to see him in for many years but they always held back for whatever reason um beck sort of had a baby face but he was still had like the um ability to and ironically he plays a baby in the first season he's on the show but um <laughs> but the, he's still like was able to play that role and i would say like beck was probably the um there's a through line from jason sudeikis to beck bennett but like yeah i would say sudeikis is probably the last one to really do that and like i i do think that part of the reason that the Sudeikis episode was so good last season beyond the fact that he's such a strong sketch performer is just how he just fills this like niche that SNL is like looking for that. I don't think we appreciated enough while he was on the show because Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig were such strong sketch performers. And they're the ones that are like the all time top five, top 10, whatever you want to rank them as, you know, sketch performers. I think he was just so underappreciated about like how important his roles were in a given evening throughout the sketches. Cause he just filled that for so many years. And then obviously prior to that, you get like, like, you know, Will Ferrell did this for a long time. Um, Phil Hartman did that. So uh, and then you go back to the days, obviously, of like Belushi and Aykroyd, who were like, you know, that too. So, yeah, I think I think it's just interesting in modern times that we don't really have that on the show. Yeah, very interesting. And hopefully, as uh, Alex mentioned there, that uh, Michael Longfellow, I think it was Alex who mentioned, or you, John, Michael Longfellow definitely um, has the, the capacity, I feel like. And yeah, hopefully in a few years, we'll see him take that Sudeikis role and continue that through line that you mentioned. Yeah. And I, I love this comment here from uh, John in the chat who says uh, he thinks it was Franken, Al Franken, who said regarding the 85, 86 cast, um, which was Lauren's first cast back the show that they skewed too young slash fresh faced. And you didn't have people who could play like senators. So you had like Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr. who were just like very, you know, baby face and stuff like that. And again, I think there's places for cast members like this. It's not to take away from any of them, but like I sort of agree. Like I think we are at a place where like we have some really strong women on the cast. We have some diversity. We have some young, strong performers. Perhaps like the missing ingredient ingredients, like when some of the veterans depart after this year, perhaps a few more of them is like next year looking for somebody like that. So we'll see what happens. Let's take this next question from uh, from Eric, who's in the chat with us today. Eric Godding. Eric says, given how much Cecily we have seen since she has returned, do you think it's possible that she leaves mid season? Whoa. And is this Saturday potentially her final episode? I don't know any of the projects Cecily has lined up or reasons to leave, but I just want to throw that thought out there. So very interesting thought. So, uh, you know, what are the chances that next week is Cecily's last episode? That'd be crazy, Ben. What do you think? Yeah, it would be crazy. And I have seen this sort of um, idea come through online a lot as well. And I have been thinking it a lot. We have seen her anchor so many sketches and kill it in so many sketches that it is sort of like her departing season at least especially because since she came back there's been so much as Eric mentions it is definitely a possibility I feel but then conversely I think that um, there's been obviously as we've mentioned a lot and I've mentioned a lot there's obviously this talk of the new era and everything and we're seeing a lot of the veteran cast members sort of anchor sketches and help out the younger people and make it such a um, make it a space for people to watch where they do recognize faces and they do continue to watch it and I feel like the season is not at a point yet where these veteran cast members can leave and leave it to these younger cast members. I feel like definitely the rest of the season is needed for these older cast members to. Alex, what do you think? Is there a chance this is it for Cecily or do you think we're going to get her for the whole season? Um, I think we'll get her for the whole season. Uh, I think she'll continue to work on 
her other projects that she has. Uh, Cecily's weekend update was when I started watching SNL. So, you know, I have a, she's like my favorite. I really hope nothing happens to her. Um, but yeah, I think she'll continue to work on other projects and stay on the show and be a mentor. Yeah. I would venture to say that she is not leaving after next episode. I think that she's going to be there because, because you know what, like, why would she, I mean, if she was going to leave after half a season, why wouldn't she have left at the end of last season with like all of her friends that left at the same time? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me for her to leave. Um, And I know Eric, you're just speculating, but I just, I just, you know, like it wouldn't make sense to me. Like I find that a very bizarre move to come back for like, not even half a season, right? Because she was gone for the first three episodes. So like a quarter of the season, if you don't count the Chappelle episode that she was barely in. So like to me, that is would be very bizarre. Um, so I think we're going to get her for the whole season. And I think there's a chance we might get her beyond the whole season because I think if she wanted to leave, like I said, like that would have been the time to do it at the end of last season. So does she perhaps become the next Keenan Thompson where she is around for years and years to come? Like I think there's a possibility that we have to consider it. And eventually Keenan became so like evergreen he was just always there, you know, and always part of the show. So something to consider. Uh, but, I, but here's a, here's an interesting nugget. So today, I don't know if you guys saw this online, but we get our season 48 cast photo that got dropped. So I'm going to bring it up on screen for anybody who missed it. So this is our season 48 cast photo that I believe was taken sometime last week. So this is interesting to me because Typically, and we have it on screen on YouTube in case you were listening on the audio after the fact and you want to go back and check it out. It's obviously available on at NBCSNL for all of their socials. This was fascinating for me because I can't remember the last time that the cast photo was done so early in the year. Usually, I remember it being done in the spring and chat, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure this is done in like March or April and they put it out towards the end of the season. So like just speculation like do they do it earlier on in case there is a departure doesn't necessarily have to be cecily but perhaps that is a reason to do it and again if you're working at snl and you're listening to this and you're laughing at me for my stupid theory just throwing out all all ideas here because you never know so ben what do you think any speculation that's, that's an interesting uh interesting take uh yeah, now that you bring it up if yeah thinking about it all the cast photos do seem to come out during the latter end of the season so it's interesting that this uh has come up and this sort of question uh, brought up another question to me and i don't mean to throw you under the bus here john but what was the Never. last cast, cast member that left during this time if you can remember if there was any um well last year we got some we last year we actually had a few writers like a few big name writers that left halfway through the season and then you know behind the scenes that changed structurally i'm trying to remember a cast member that left uh halfway through the year i would think um paul Britton maybe would be the last one that i can think of offhand that maybe departed the show for one reason or another uh part way through oh seth yes uh thanks in the chat yeah seth of course left uh when he he left when his show launched uh so that that is another good example uh, there. So yeah, it's definitely been a while. Like it's something that hasn't happened in about 10 years, uh, eight, eight, nine years, that type of thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It'd be an interesting thing to see if it does happen. And I feel like it is at a point where Cecily can, she's had so many good sketches these last few episodes. It is a point where she will go off with a good, uh, a good send off, but I really would like it to be the end of the season. So we can really say goodbye to her. Yeah. I would just, that's for sure. I would just add, uh, and your friend at the show can correct, but last season um, they didn't have everyone available for the cast photo, so they could have been catching their bases and doing it early. Yes, you are correct about that. Yeah, there was a, a situation where they actually didn't even have Pete Davidson for the cast photo in, in season uh, 47, and then they had to Photoshop him in there if you go back and check that one out but uh this is a fun one also uh, ellis says that the season 40 he's in the chat he says that the season 43 cast photo was taken during the holiday season not sure when that was released so interesting i guess they just decided to go ahead and do it but uh ben just want to ask you about this photo this is more of a visual thing is there any any one you like here any interesting poses or the way people are dressed anything you like in this cast photo it's always interesting to look at these and sort of look at uh, body language and sort of how certain cast members are, are naturally. Um, but the eye always goes straight to Sarah with her, uh, her great uh, <laughs> outfits that she wears. And 
it's just like her in sketches. The eyes always get drawn to her, and yeah, you just want to see what she's what she'll do. Um, but it's everyone looks so comfortable, and I feel like, and I feel like really seeing this through the the season so far as well. Everyone seems so tight and close to each other, and a lot of good chemistry. And you can kind of see it by the photo here. Of course, I know they're posing and they've been maybe told to sit like that but it does look so comfortable and it is a good tell of how the season has been so far i feel for sure i would say sarah has a very like where's waldo thing going on here (laughs) where she really stands out and if you notice there's some fun things on the side where they basically said hey marcello hey devin instead of sitting on your chairs like uh normal people (laughs) Uh, pretend like you are coming in to like talk to kindergarten students and sit on your chair, like with, with the, the back of the chair, basically in, in front of you. Um, so I thought that was a weird uh, bookend on each side of this. Yeah. Alex, anything about the photo you like or don't like? I always get curious with the cast photos. Do they choose their own wardrobe or are they uh, told what to wear for them? Do you know? Okay, I don't know. That is a great question. And I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm going to have to ask somebody. But I'm very curious. I would assume they choose their own clothes because otherwise Sarah maybe wouldn't be dressed the way she was <laughs> in this one. But uh, but yeah, that is a very good question. I do wonder if like perhaps there's like recommended wardrobe choices here. It's so funny though because it's like you look at this photo and then there's like, I guess it's just a lot of people are in like dark shades of like you know dark blue or black or whatever and there's like some blending but then there's like some really big standouts so it's almost like there's like two cast photos here one of like longfellow punky mikey colin molly andrew jj and devin and then like the front people are all the people who are like dressed in like colorful stuff like chloe and marcello and bowen and sarah so it's it's an interesting way that they did this but uh this is a very uh cute photo and what a great good looking group of cast members okay let's take this next question from our friend nick store nick wants to know as we turn our attention to christmas what is your favorite christmas sketch in a recent snl history say since season 40 ben do you have a pick that's a great question and it's a it's a tough one because of course there's been so many amazing sketches over the years and my favorite would have to be i can't remember what season but it was a a ryan gosling hosted episode in december maybe season 41 um and the sketch was a santa baby where him and vanessa bayer were i guess you could say just attracted to santa who was played by beck bennett um it's just nothing better than the commitment Ryan Gosling gives to sketches. And of course he's had so many iconic appearances over the years. There's nothing better than, uh, yeah, the, the way he commits so strongly to his character. And of course Vanessa Bayer can never fail. And it's just one of my favorite uh, pre-tapes of all time. And it's something that also holds when you take the Christmassy stuff out of it, it holds such an amazing sketch to watch throughout the year. Anyway, if you need a laugh or just to, to look at it and just be amazed at the how someone actually thought of that yeah for sure uh alex do you have a pick for a favorite christmas sketch in modern times i'm gonna have to break the rules and go back a little further all right do it um christmas for the jews season 31 uh as a jew i present you know i just i uh I, i i find them really funny yeah, that one is obviously an all-time classic. I don't know that there's been like specific Christmas sketches over the last few years that I'm like, okay, I absolutely like fell in love with as like all-time classics. Though I would say last week's one, A Christmas Carol with Marty and Steve is going to be one I'm going to remember for a long time. And I think they're going to include in Christmas specials. I really loved Eddie Murphy's a couple of years ago where he did the last sketch of the night, the North Pole News that to me was like classic Eddie where he wasn't reprising any characters and he was just like totally game for that sketch. To me, that was really fun. I see a lot of people in the chat um, talking about uh, like (laughs) different sketches from the last few years. I know that there's like this uh, really fun Mikey day sketch that everyone always puts uh, puts up the different memes from. And then of course, uh, Santa baby is a good one too. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. There's a lot of fun ones there, but yeah, I'll break, I'll break the rule as well, Alex. And also just say like, this is a great time for me to point out that um, 
you know, I'm just as traditional as it comes and Dick in a box for me is my all time favorite <laughs> SNL Christmas sketch. So, um, still love that moment. And, uh, yeah, nothing tops that for me, the original time that I saw that and just how many times that's been brought up in my life since then. Okay. Next question that comes in from Ike Moore. Ike says, what is your favorite SNL Christmas show of all time for me? It's Eddie's 2019 return. So speaking of that, uh, so what's your favorite Christmas episode of all time? Alex, can I start with you on this one? What's your favorite Christmas episode? Yeah. It is Eddie with an asterisk. Um, I thought that one was hilarious. Uh, it was fresh. Uh, I will say, uh, if you haven't figured out by now, I'm very loyal to Lauren Michaels. And I kind of wanted, you know, I would like to think of someone who was there when Lauren Michaels uh, was there primarily, although I can't really think of a good one that kind of meets that criteria, so I will go with the Eddie one, but if someone can think of one and put it in the chat, please let me know. For sure. And another great sketch people are talking about in the chat is the uh, Lexus commercial from a couple of years ago with uh, Chalamet and Heidi was, oh, that was a great, great one from season 46 too. So yeah, there have been some good ones over the last few years and it's uh. It's almost like, you know, the Christmas special air airs every single year and they always like play the same sketches from year after year. Like it would be fun to get like a modern version of the Christmas special and just like not, not that I want to like, you know, get rid of all the ones, the classics from back in the day. But just like just for fun to be like, uh, look at the modern Christmas best sketches. I think that'd be a, a good one to do. Uh, ben, what about you? Any famous Christmas episodes that really stand out for you? Oh, it's a, a big question, of course. Yeah, as Alex mentioned, Eddie's episode is so great. But I probably have to say the Martin Short one when he was with uh, Paul McCartney from a few years ago. As I have mentioned a lot throughout this episode, he's amazing. And the joy he just exudes is unparalleled. You can just watch him for hours. And that was a, what I really felt this last week episode was going to be, sort of a few references to the past. Uh, it was just a great episode. And, of course, uh, the Paul McCartney's appearance in that sketch where they were auditioning for a, a talent show or something if i remember correctly that was just amazing and one of the most iconic of all time and that would have to be one of my favorite uh christmas episodes and even favorite episodes of all time i'd have to say yeah for me uh, i have very fond memories going back to 2005 of the season 31 jack black and neil young episode at christmas time and i remember lazy sunday came out and that was just like the biggest thing ever like just so huge like that you know everyone always talks about how it like kicked off youtube but like that was everywhere and then um you know i'm the biggest forte guy and they did this really like very famous will forte spelling bee sketch which to me is still like an all-time sketch they had a two a-holes in there like uh, Debbie Downer was in there. It, there was just like some, it was just like a really fun episode. And of course, like I always love it at Christmas where they end up skating on the ice rink at 30 rock outside. Like that is a tradition that like goes back to the beginning days of the show. So really fun. You know, you used to get like the mall dressed in B costumes out on the ice rink. So that's like a really great one. And then one year later, I mean, of course I'll talk about this one, which is the Justin Timberlake, you know, double duty episode where we did get Dick in a box and Barry Gibb talk show. And like a lot of the typical, <laughs> Justin Timberlake stuff that you would expect there but for me um you know it was just fun I remember watching it and being like okay they did Lazy Sunday last year like how are they gonna top that this year and then we got Ticket in a Box so like <laughs> those are my like childhood Christmas SNL memories and I think that really what makes SNL Christmases so great is especially for students who are away from their families and then usually like their finals are done or like wherever it is and they're going home for the holidays and you know maybe they'll see those, some of their friends back home but it's like their time to see the family and like what's the best most fun thing you can do like watch SNL with your family when you're back home from college and I think like that's why you know there's just such high viewership I actually got here you want to hear something fun I'll, I'll take you behind the curtain last week I got a fun email and I think this was put out a couple places from um, NBC SNL PR who sent me an email and said, hi friends, just letting you know that the December 1st telecast of Saturday Night Live with host Steve Martin and Martin Short and musical guest Brandi Carlisle was the most watched SNL of the season with 5.1 million viewers. The previous high was December 18th, 2021 with host Paul Rudd. 
which was like a canceled <laughs> episode of the show, right? 5.2 million people watched that show last season. So the, the most watched show last week since the Omicron show, which is crazy, right? And the reason is, is because again, like you can't, like this is this show, it doesn't matter who's hosting, who the musical guest is, like people are gonna be watching Saturday Night Live for the Christmas show. So for me, that's what makes it so exciting. Any thoughts, Ben? Yeah, um, agree a hundred percent. And I feel like I know we mentioned it at, at the start of the episode, but I feel like that really comes into the host choices as well. Like uh, Austin Butler for this coming up episode. So many, uh, so many families, at least here, saw it together, and it was such a a great uh, movie for families to bond over. The Elvis movie, um, and I feel like that really comes into choices of host too. And of course, things are a little bit different here in Australia, but there is those shows that you watch over time and sort of, um, yeah, when you all come home together over Christmas and watch a show. And I feel like obviously, as you mentioned, that's had it out live for a lot of people over there. And yeah, and it's really cool to see that that comes through in the viewership. Yeah. All right, let's take this last question for the night from Maya Wiggins. And Maya wants to know, any cameo predictions for the Austin Butler episode? So it's Christmas time. Anybody can show up. That's the excitement of the show. It's like, okay, a lot of projects are not, I mean, that's the truth, right? Like a, not, a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies, they stop filming. They break, they stop production for the holidays. And that's why so many people are available potentially to come in on this week. Let's get some predictions. Ben, what do you think? Any cameo predictions? <laughs> It's an interesting one. I feel like if Austin Butler is such a strong performer that he almost doesn't need it. But of course, there's going to be a few. And as Alex mentioned before, there's no doubt that Tom Hanks will pop up. He's such a staple of the show. And as we saw from the uh, Jack Harlow episode, he knows how to, there was a, a massive uh, a, a round of applause for him. So I'm sure that wouldn't, uh, that'd come again for this episode. And I'm feeling I don't know. I just had a feeling that Paul Rudd might pop up, of course, because as you mentioned, his episode was impacted last season and he can just get along with anybody. Um, I don't know if him and Austin have ever worked together in the past, but that doesn't really impact anything. Um, I feel like he will definitely pop up and it'll be a massive, massive episode. And even in the sense of sketches that they bring back too, I feel like it'll be something that will be uh, – held in high regard hopefully and be a a great way to finish off this first half of the season okay alex any cameo predictions for this weekend either nobody everybody or tom hanks um i think probably everybody especially everybody in new york you know uh, paul rudd michael douglas jimmy fallon seth myers um, any of the you know the usual suspects, and to some degree, um, I just think that uh, they can't really miss this opportunity. You know, we talked about earlier not wanting to steal Steve's thunder. Um, well, this would be the perfect way to not steal his thunder and get those cameos in and capitalize on that viewership. If people don't tune in in the beginning, they're going to tune in halfway through you know, do some good weekend updates, sketches. Yes, I I agree. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing some former cast members there. I think that's always fun. Here's some things that I want this weekend. I want a joke swap. It's been too long, all right? We didn't get any, I don't think we got one last season, right? Because it got, because of Omicron, we didn't get one in the finale with all the departures. Give us a joke swap. We've been waiting for it. It's been a while, okay? Number two, definitely go down to the ice rink. That's a must-have. That's a, a Christmas staple. Has to happen. And for cameo productions, I'm going to throw out a couple names that I think uh, could happen. You never know. All right, give me number one. I'm just going to throw out Christopher Walken. I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard uh, us talk about this on the podcast or seen it elsewhere, but Christopher Walken was one of the people that Austin Butler consulted about hosting SNL think it could be fun i know that they worked together before we haven't seen christopher walken on the show in 14 years you know you know former host that's hosted seven times on the show i think that could be really fun my second prediction is is this the time potentially where we get a cast member who left in 47 to drop back in 
you know, to come visit, whether it's a Kate or a Pete or one of those people, like, has it been long enough? I know a lot of the chat's going to be like, no, 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 not yet, not yet. But I think that this could be the time where maybe perhaps we get like 80 or Kate or Pete or somebody who's like in the area to come pop in for a sketch or something. And if it's just for a little bit roll, I think that's fun. So no harm there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, for me, I'm, uh, I'm very, very pumped for this episode. Ben, any thoughts, any final thoughts on what you're excited to see this weekend? Oh, I'm hoping that there'll be a lot of uh, musical moments. I'm not sure how confident Austin Butler would be to actually perform live, but I, he said, did such a great job uh, vocally in the Elvis movie. I would really like to see that pop up. And of course, music is always a uh, Christmassy and yeah, I hope it'll be a, a great episode and we see some, I really like the idea of cast members from last season coming back that'll give the episode an interesting uh interesting vibe and that'll be cool to see and um leave everybody in a good mood for the christmas season okay alex any final thoughts on what you're looking forward to this weekend um i would like to be a former cast member uh stop by i want to be i want them to be careful about giving them space to grow between the show and their other projects. But I do think that would be really cool. And I agree, a joke swap is absolutely needed. Uh, yeah, that, that's just a must, has to happen. For sure. Okay, well, let's talk about what's coming up here on the Saturday Night Network this week. And your feed has been jam-packed. I appreciate everybody listening to the shows because I've had so much fun making them for all of you. So, of course, we had our full week of coverage for Steve and Marty, and now we turn the page towards this next week of SNL. But wait, tomorrow. Very excited. I know this was announced last night on By the Numbers. We have an SNL Stories coming out. This is exciting. Not to take away from many of our previous guests on SNL Stories, but I was absolutely delighted to get to chat with Bobby Moynihan earlier this week who appeared in season 48 he came in for the jack harlow episode did some drunk uncle and david as pumpkins bobby moynihan joins us on snl stories this week i recorded that interview with james stevens and sammy gay who was like the biggest bobby fan so that was so cool just have to say bobby is the nicest guy loves our community loves what we've done here with the saturday night network and you get to see it like throughout the interview just his excitement about uh coming on with us so uh i was very thrilled to get to talk to him and uh hoping that we can definitely have him back in the future but excited for you all to listen to that interview so that will be out tomorrow on our channels on our audio feeds and on our youtube Hope you come check that one out because uh, it was a really special show that we got to put together and uh, happy to present this little gift to all of our listeners for the holidays and, and for myself too. I had, a, I had a blast. So that was so much fun. And then of course, we'll be back for the hot take show right after the episode, the round table on Monday by the numbers on Wednesday, which I'll be back. Nicole will be back. We'll have our full regular by the numbers crew on Wednesday. And then one week from today, we will have our final patron feedback show for the fall. And if you are a patron and you're listening it doesn't matter if you've been on the fall before you're welcome to sign up for this coming show. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Like we did last May where I'm going to be on with TJ Randolph. He'll be my co-host for that episode. So we'll have a good block of time. And if you want to come on with us, you just have to, you know, select your time where you want to call in. You come up for a 15 minute segment or 10, 15 minutes, whatever you want. And we'll talk through the fall of Saturday Night Live and the Christmas episode together. So we'll run through some different patrons and different fun things throughout that night next Thursday. And then the following Monday will be our holiday super fan takeover where we have a very fun draft planned for that one as well as we head towards the new year. So I uh, can't believe it's already December 15th but very excited to wrap up the year with all of our friends in the Saturday Night Live community. Ben, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always great to chat with you about all things SNL and uh, really bring up the hype for this season. Yes, for sure. Anything you want to plug? No, nothing really. Um, yeah, just cool. I'll plug the S uh, Saturday Night Network. Everyone listen to the episodes and watch the YouTube videos. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. And then Alex, uh, you were fantastic today. I know that, uh, you, like you said, you know, we had, you had some uh, vocal surgery recently and you sound amazing. You're recovering and I'm so thrilled that we got to have you on the show today. So thanks for joining us and let us know if there's anything you want to plug. No, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my voice is going to go on rest the rest of the next two days, but 
I appreciate being here. Yes. Well, thank you for using it on us. That I'm very touched. So appreciate that. Alex, appreciate you, Ben, and appreciate everybody in the chat for joining us early on this Thursday. All right. So Bobby interview is up next, and then I will see you all at the Hot Take Show after the Christmas episode. So for Ben, Alex, and myself, John Schneider from the Saturday Night Network, we will see you next time, everybody. Have a good one.